Hey everybody, welcome back to the Pine Hills Church Podcast. My name is Aaron. I'm one of the pastors around Pine Hills Church. So grateful that you're gathering with us through the podcast as we continue our series called This Is Us, where we're just kind of setting at the very beginning of the new year what our values as a community are and what things we're committed to. And so last week we looked at the invitation that Jesus extends to all of us. No matter where we're at in life, we might think that we're on the outskirts of society. We might think that, you know, we've cut all the corners and we've offended a lot of people and hurt a lot of people in order to try to go after a vision that we think is going to fulfill. And we, th- we know that it doesn't. And then Jesus extends his offer. And sometimes that's unbelievable to even experience that offer that we can experience grace. We learn that Jesus comes for those who don't think that they have it all put together, but for those who know that they don't, those who know that they need something, because those are the people that are willing to go on this journey with Jesus and discover life that he's actually offering. And so that was the call to to follow after Jesus with all of our questions and doubts and things that we're still trying to figure out. And as we follow, we need to learn kind of the goals of apprenticeship. If we want to become more like Jesus as he captures our heart and our attention, our minds, as we follow him, we need to learn to live into his ways that actually do offer life. And part of how we do that are are through the goals of apprenticeship, which is to be with Jesus, to become like Jesus, and to do the things that Jesus would do. And so an apprentice is someone like a tradesperson who goes and learns under someone who who knows all about the craft. And so they do life with them. They spend a lot of time with them through trial and error. They begin to learn how to do this themselves. And that's the call from Jesus, to follow after him, to learn his way of doing life. And we do that by daily making that space to be with him, become like him, and to do the things that he would have us to do. And as we look at the life of Jesus, I think we get really focused on really the hallmark of the story of Jesus, where Jesus comes to live this life we can't live and then ends up going to a cross and giving his life on our behalf and dying so that three days later he can come back from the grave. And a lot of times that's that's the main point of the story we hear in that that makes sense because it is the hallmark of the Christian story. But what if Jesus did more than just coming to die for our sins? What if what Jesus was doing was really grand? And sometimes we focus in on one piece of the story and we kind of miss out on these other pieces. And again, Jesus's death and resurrection is the hallmark. This is where Jesus demonstrates the power to actually do something with the broken things in your life, which is why the gospel of Jesus is so important. And that's why it matters because every other fake story that we go after doesn't have the power to actually do things with the things that are broken in our lives. But what if Jesus is offering this invitation to discover that there's actually good news here and now? What if in addition to the great news that transforms us, he also came to show us what life connected with the Father actually looks like? He showed us what it looks like to live into an identity of being a son of God, and that extends to daughters of God. He shows us how to live life empowered by the Spirit, responding to the redemptive work that God is attempting to do in the world as we step that we step into each and every day. Jesus shows us the way. And we want to look at the full story of the gospel. 
And, and we want to know it from the beginning of the story to the end of the story, Genesis to Revelation. But as we zone in on what Jesus has done for us, we need to look at how he lived his life because there's so much there that we can learn. We can learn what it looks like to live in a broken world, but still live into our identity. We can learn to still live into a life that's actually connected with the Father, that's actually empowered by Him. That is gospel good news for today. And Jesus shows us the way, which is why in a series about our commitments as a community, we're going to discuss our commitment to centering our lives around the person and work of Jesus and there's a lot that we can learn about how he spent his time and how he made space to intentionally live connected to the Father. So let's read some stories starting in Mark chapter 1. But to give you a little backstory, Jesus is traveling around demonstrating the power of the kingdom of God by healing people that were sick or healing people that were possessed by evil spirits which was causing a beautiful disruption around the area. And people talk, word spread pretty fast, even in a pre-TikTok society. And people were flocking to see Jesus, whether they needed to be healed in their life or they just wanted to check out what had, been, what had made the region buzz with all of this Jesus news. And his disciples are caught up in the excitement. And what seems to be a massive movement for Jesus, Jesus does something pretty interesting. Mark chapter 1, verses 35 through 39, it says, Before daybreak the next morning, Jesus got up and went out to an isolated place to pray. Later, Simon and the others went out to find him. When they found him, they said, Everyone is looking for you. But Jesus replied, We must go on to the other towns as well, and I will preach to them too. This is why I came. So he traveled throughout the region of Galilee, preaching in the synagogues, casting out demons. In light of success, Jesus gets up extra early and he goes and he spends time with the Father, meaning he's intentionally not filled up by the things, all the things, and all the people that are kind of mounting in this movement, all the excitement, all the buzz. He's not filled up by those things. He's being filled up by the presence of God. He's modeling that we don't have to be validated and affirmed by the things that we do, but validated and affirmed by God. And this frees us from the constant roller coaster we often ride that we are feeling good and when we're riding high, when things are going well. But when things aren't, those lows feel really, really low. And Jesus is teaching us that we are more than the things that we do that we should focus on being with God through spending time with Jesus so we can become more like him. And then, and only then, do we go out and do the things that he is empowering us to do in our day-to-day -day life. The being comes before the doing. So let's look at other ways that Jesus made time to be with God. Luke chapter 6, verses 12 through 13. One day soon afterward, Jesus went up on a mountain to pray, and he prayed to God all night. At daybreak, he called together all of his disciples and chose 12 of them to be his apostles. Jesus spent all night spending time with God. And as a result of all that time spent with God, an entire night of praying, he calls all of his followers to him and he chooses 12 who would be his closest followers and leaders within what he was doing, which leads you to believe that in spending time with God, Jesus gleans wisdom and discernment from God as to who these leaders should be, or at least he spends time 
conversating with God about what God thinks about these leaders and who he should invite into this with him. How often do we seek out long periods of time to find wisdom from God for big decisions that need to be made in our own lives? See, Jesus is showing us the way. And if Jesus needed to do that or chose to do that, maybe that's how we need to be spending our life as well, making sure we're, we're coming to Jesus when, when things are going well and when things aren't going so well. When we have really big successes, or we have just really big decisions that need to be made. Now let's look at a time where Jesus grabbed three of the 12 to be with God. Mark chapter 14, verses 32 through 42, it says, They went to the olive grove called Gethsemane, and Jesus said, Sit here while I go and pray. He took Peter, James, and John with him, and he became deeply troubled and distressed. He told them, my soul is crushed with grief to the point of death. Stay here and keep watch with me. He went on a little further and fell to the ground. He prayed that if it were possible, the awful hour awaiting him might pass him by. Abba, Father, he cried out, everything is possible for you. Please take this cup of suffering away from me. Yet I want your will to be done, not mine. Then he returned and found the disciples asleep. He said to Peter, Simon, are you asleep? Couldn't you watch with me even one hour? Keep watch and pray so that you will not give in to temptation. For the spirit is willing, but the body is weak. And Jesus left them again and prayed the same prayer as before. When he returned to them, he found them sleeping for they couldn't keep their eyes open. And they didn't know what to say. When he returned to them a third time, he said, Go ahead and sleep. Have your rest. But no, the time has come. The Son of Man is betrayed into the hands of sinners. Up, let's be going. Look, my betrayer is here. And where does Jesus go when he is anxious about what's coming in his life? He gathers his boys around him and he spends time with God in a garden laying out what he really feels because he trusts that God can actually handle his feelings. If you know the story, what comes next is Jesus was executed on a cross for some trumped up charges by the religious elite. Satan was behind this, taking his biggest swing. He tried to engulf the light of the world in darkness. But Jesus doesn't stay dead. Three days later, light comes bursting from the grave as Jesus has overcome everything that is evil within the world and within our own hearts. Jesus overcame death itself. And Jesus finds strength to go through the suffering he would rather not go through because he's empowered by God. Because he spent time in a garden with friends, with community, but also mainly with God. He spent time pouring out his feelings about what was about to happen. And it's in that place that he's empowered to say, God, you know what? Your will be done, not mine. See, we're all going to experience that in life where we go through really difficult things that we'd rather not go through. And that we're going to have to walk through things that we would rather God just take away. And it's only in these places that we find in, in the early morning hours or late evening hours where we get alone with friends or we get alone by ourselves with God and we pour out all of our true feelings to God. It's only in that place that we can find the strength to, to say, God, whatever I go through, I know you're with me and I know you're good and I know you'll be with me. 
so your will be done. And that's only found in those places. That's only where we get to experience this power that comes from God to, to do that and to, to do that honestly and authentically. And there's an offer for us as well in this and what Jesus is demonstrating and showing us. We could spend so much time going through example after example of Jesus making space to be with God, but Jesus is modeling through these three different stories and through the rest of the gospels, a life that's prioritized around being with God before all the things that he would go and do which sounds crazy in a society that values the hustle and productivity over the health of our own souls. Just to recap it again, to anchor it a little bit more in our minds and in our spirits, Jesus would often get away to these lonely places to get alone to be with God. He prayed in gardens on the hilltops. He prayed in the wild places. He prayed in places just outside the city. And these places were often not far off, but places that he could access in his day-to-day -day life. He would stay up later. He would get up early. He would often leave the success of his ministry to get alone to be with God. And he sought God's thoughts for wisdom, discernment, and strength. He also found comfort in the things that he was grieving and going through and feeling. See, Jesus intentionally carved out time to be with God no matter what he was feeling, and no matter if things appeared successful around him or were falling apart. He made time. He created the space. He said no to other really good things to say yes to being with God. And it wasn't convenient for him. He had to go out of his way to do it. And so that speaks a lot to our cultural moment where it's never easy to make space to be with God especially when we have so many things going on. But if we're going to follow in the footsteps of our teacher, our rabbi, Jesus, then we have to model our life after how he lived his life. In his life, Jesus teaches us that the way to life in a broken world is to prioritize daily being with God so that they, then we could go do the things that he has for us. But what are the barriers that keep us from living that type of life, because I would argue that we don't see that too often. That the church as a whole doesn't experience this life that's actually on offer from Jesus because we're often unwilling to prioritize all of life around him and all of life around his ways. We're not willing to wrestle through what does it look like to, to put in practices of Jesus into our daily life here and now. And according to, the conversa uh, according to a conversation between a great writer and thinker, Dallas Willard and John Mark Comer, when they were talking about what, you know, what's the enemy of the soul today, he said, it's, it's hurry. This was Dallas Willard's response to John Mark Comer. What's the great enemy of our souls today? Hurry. And in his book, The Ruthless Elimination of Hurry, inspired by Dallas Willard, John Mark Comer says, not only does hurry keep us from the love, joy, and peace of the kingdom of God, the very core of what all human beings crave, but it also keeps us from God himself simply by stealing our attention. And with hurry, we always lose more than we gain. There's so much packed in there. I think there's so many things that we're missing out on just because we hurry from thing to thing to thing. 
and all of the quiet moments that we might have between the things we fill with other noises. There are always, always going to be too many things on our to-do list to ever accomplish all the things that we want to accomplish. So when talking about putting into practices like prayer, scripture, silence, and solitude, community, all of it at times just feels like such a waste of time, if we're going to be honest. Sometimes we've never practiced these things before, saying, hey, we need to carve out just a few moments, just a few minutes to be with Jesus, that often in a society so focused on productivity that can feel like such a waste of time. But maybe by learning to dial in our rhythms of life, we can experience living a Jesus-paced life that helps us to better engage our work in ways that are meaningful not only for us but for others. John Mark Comer says, One of the key tasks of our apprenticeship to Jesus is living into both our potential and our limitations. This is where we can experience more joy, more peace, more connection with God. How do we live a life like that? By living by what the church has called a rule of life that we're in a, as a community going to call rhythm of life. Because I think we need to discover what's that rhythm that we're all needing to have in our life to become the people that God wants us to become. We're all a bit different. We need to recognize that we're, we're different and they're all made up of different things and we all have different personalities and we all have different things that we connect to and we all have different things that we struggle with. And so when we think about how we want to live our daily, weekly, kind of yearly lives, we want to be intentional and we want to get things in the right rhythm so that way we can live into who Jesus is asking us to become. And then drawing inspiration from Practicing the Way, which is an amazing organization that we lean on really he like heavily in developing discipleship practices for our community. Like They are such a resource to us. We have drafted our own rhythm of life for our community and what this looks like based upon a lot of wisdom that we're able to glean and learn from them. So if you want any information about them, go to practicingtheway.org or go pick up John Mark Comer's new book, Practicing the Way. That will be very important uh, just in your development as you follow Jesus. But this is a tool that we put together, this worksheet, where you can really just kind of think through or visualize what do your practices look like. And if you want to access this tool, you can find it at pinehillschurch.org, or you can download our app under the Practicing the Way tab. You'll be able to find it there. Go through all of the conversations of what does it look like to actually practice the way of Jesus today, and to be able to begin to form this rhythm of life for your own life, I think will be pretty instrumental for you. And and some of you might be thinking, well, th this feels a bit formal, and I'm not sure about that. Well, the, the, church, the church isn't going to be passively formed into the way of Jesus. Like we've got where we are because we've been a bit passive, just thinking we gather people once a week in a small, small kind of group, and we hope that they are formed into the image of Jesus. Or we shove people into small groups throughout the week, and we hope that they pick up and become more like the way of Jesus. And that's just not the case. And so if the church wants to grow into all that God believes that it can be, we have to take our formation seriously. The church can't hope to just just continue to do what it has done. 
and think that it can compete with the formation power of the world. Clearly, people are being formed more into the image of the world than they are into the image of Jesus. And so we need to take formation seriously. John Mark Homer says, following Jesus has to make it into our schedule and into our, your practices, or it simply will never happen. So we have to be intentional. And we got to take this seriously because the things that we do each and every day are the things that shape who we are becoming. And developing a rhythm of life will help you to put in some practices and habits that will make sure that we're not passively becoming something different, something that Jesus isn't wanting us to be. And we as a community, we want to continue to embody our values and beliefs in a way that leads to our transformation and the transformation of this place that we call home, which is Bend, Oregon. A.J. Shirell says spiritual practices matter, and the greater the repetition, the greater the formation. Conversely stated, where there's little repetition, you can expect little formation. So the things that you do each and every day are so formative for our life, so formative for our life. And so we need to make sure that we don't dismiss it and think that these things don't matter because these things do matter because you're placing things in your daily life that you think are inconsequential and they don't matter, but they're actually forming and shaping your heart, your love, your mind, and who you are becoming. Because the person that you're going to be in 10 or 20 years from now is going to be built on the back of the practices that you intentionally place into your life or passively allow as you continue to float through life. So what do you want to do? Do you want to be intentional or do you want to be passive? Do you want to get to the end of your life and be really proud of the person that Jesus has helped you to become? Or will you look back with a lot of regret because you just passively allowed all of these things to happen and to form you into someone you never thought that you would actually become? So it's up to you. And we need to think through who or what are we following today? And is that leading to life or is it not? And if you want to take Jesus up on his offer to begin to follow after him, no matter where you find yourself today, he is extending the call to follow no matter the excuse that you might try to form. He is inviting you into a way of doing life that brings peace and will help you to live a life that matters. But it takes committing to being an apprentice of Jesus by daily learning his ways through practices. And if you're in, if you're in, let's kind of just chat through as best as we can on a podcast, what the rhythm of life worksheet is. Again, go to pinehillschurch.org and you can find this right on the homepage or you can go to our app under the Practicing the Way tab and it will be there for you. But it's just a worksheet. It's one page. Use it for what is helpful for you. But along the top, it has the practices that we are focusing on as a community. I'm sure there's a lot of other practices that are out there. And if you can think of other ones and you want to include it, then do that because this is yours. And no one's ever really going to be checking up on this. This is between you and God. But if you do need help in developing this, we are here for you. We want to journey together. So please reach out at through pinehillschurch.org. Get in contact with us, and we'll kind of talk you through what this looks like in developing your first version of what this might look like as you kind of trial and error what might be a good rhythm of life for you. Or in your community group, be sure that you're talking about this. What is working and what's not working? Or what are some things that you've intentionally placed in that have helped you in this season of life that could be beneficial for you? Because every season of life is going to look a bit different. 
And so take that into consideration. When you were single without kids, being able to tune into God looks different than when you have kids running around all the time. And then while you have kids, life will look different someday when they have moved out of your house and when they're on their way or going to college, engaged in a career, doing something else in the world that will look different. Or as a single person will look different than if you are married and what different life looks different in different seasons. And so be sure that you're taking that into consideration. Oftentimes we think through, well, here's here's what I need to be doing in the best case scenario. And we just need to be realistic about what life looks like today and know that there's tons of grace in that and that Jesus is here to guide us through the power of his spirit. But along the top of the worksheet are practices, prayer and gratitude, scripture, Sabbath, community, service, generosity, and witness. And so I want you to think through maybe one of those practices uh, to start with, if you've never done this all, what is one practice that you might start with? And some of these kind of collapse in on themselves, which is good. Like if you've never begun to read the scriptures, which prayer and scripture, I would say is the best place to begin to start. To, to start. So prayer and gratitude and scripture, like those can kind of come in together. And if you've never read through scripture together, you can download the Lectio 365 app and that will show you what does it look like to actually begin to pray through the scriptures. And make that a daily practice that you spend 10 minutes in the Lectio 365 app. And for now, that's a really good practice for you. And you work that out over the next few months and you keep practicing that and letting God shape and form you. And then you can edit this down the road. Or if you've been reading scripture and engaging in prayer for a while, like think through some of these other ones. Are you engaging in Sabbath? Are you working seven days a week? What's a 24-hour period that you can take off and just do things that connect you more with God more with yourself and more with others. Or if that's really busy for you right now, you can't do that. Find an afternoon or a few hours where you can place in a Sabbath restful practice in your weekly rhythms. But as you think through these different practices, prayer and gratitude, scripture, Sabbath, community, service, generosity, and witness, I want you to also think about you as a complete human being. I want you to think about how you embody your faith in all of life. Because we don't just have a spiritual life and we don't want to be a community that elevates the spiritual things over everything else because we have to live in rhythm and we're complete human beings. Meaning what we do in our spiritual life will affect our emotional life, our mental life, our relational life. But you know what? Also what we do in our physical life at times can affect the spiritual life. And what does that look like for me, for me personally? My best daily practices are getting up and getting to the gym, doing something physical, doing a hard workout, doing that in a community with other people. That's important. So that combines a physical and a relational thing for me, but it also affects my, my mindset and it affects my emotions. And so when I have that in place, then I can go and I engage this, my spiritual life where I engage in prayer. I engage in scriptures. I engage in the silence and solitude, make space to actually listen to God in those spaces. And so those are good to have in my daily practices. I, I want to do something physically and I want to engage with things spiritually. But when I don't have either one of those things in place, when I don't have time to get up and to go to the gym or I can't fit that in my schedule, that does affect my mood. And then that affects how I relate to other people. And then if I miss out on time in the Bible and time in scriptures, that affects how I go through my day. And so I want to be sure if I'm becoming most like Jesus, I need to have those things placed in there. 
And for us as a family, our, our Sabbath is usually Friday dinner to Saturday dinner, where we try not to have work in there, where we try to do things that fill us up and fill our families up. And that looks different than it used to look like when we did not have kids. Because when we didn't have kids, we could kind of have a lazy day where we, we could kind of sleep in a little bit because we like a little extra sleep. We could get up and have a nice cup of coffee and engage a book and engage in prayer, engage in scripture without a bunch of kiddos running around. That looks different in this season of life. And we have to know that that's okay for that to look different in this season of life. You can also just think through what are things you might do monthly or quarterly or yearly. But again, if it's your first time ever doing something like this, I want you just to focus in on the daily and the weekly. How do you spend time daily being with Jesus so you can become like Jesus so that you can then do the things that he would have you to do? And what are those things that you do weekly? Is there a community practice in there? Are you gathering with a a church community? Because that's super important. Are you doing that through a large group on a Sunday like we do at 4 p.m. on the south side of Bend? Or do you do that in community groups that might meet throughout the week where you can get to know five or six people in really intimate ways where you can talk about what's going good in life and what's tough in life? And you can pray together and you can be involved in each other's lives there. So again, go get that resource. Begin to think through this. We're going to continue to reference this through the rest of this series, but we're also going to check back in on this at various points in the life of our community to make sure that we're making, keeping our minds on this, that it's not just something we talk about once and we never get back around to, but as we fill this thing out, we talk about it in community and in prayer with your partner, with whatever that might look like. I want you to make sure that you have this thing posted somewhere where you can keep your eye on this. Am I living this out? And if I'm not living it out, how do I adjust this so that I can live it out? So as we start to think through this worksheet, I want to affirm something right away. One, this isn't a call to start doing more. It's not a call just to begin to put in every practice that's listed on this worksheet right away. It's not a call to go all in on every phase of where you're at in life. Like we want you to think this is the first time you've ever done something like this. We want you to take one step, putting one practice in, really focusing on one thing in your life right now that you need to focus on. Maybe it's your physical life. Uh, Maybe it's that spiritual life, including some, some scripture and prayer in that if you've never done that. Maybe it's your emotions have just kind of been all over the place. So what are things that you can place in that will help you to kind of ease those emotions? Maybe that's working with a counselor or something like that. Maybe it's your vocation. You're like in this midst of where you're really not enjoying your job and it's time for a transition and you're beginning to pray about what that looks like. Maybe that slips into you include a practice to help you in that phase of your life right now. You begin to make more space to listen to God about what he has for your future, what he might be inviting you into through prayer and silence and solitude. And so how does that show up either in a weekly or a daily practice? And so think about how to do one thing and what is the thing that feels most pressing right now? You might be thinking, I don't, I don't have time to do any of this. Well, it's become more aware of how we spend our time. Maybe that's where we need to start, just taking a time audit. Where do you spend your time each and every day? And, and with that, let's be honest, let's go look at the screen time and how much time we spend on particular apps or how much time we spend on TikTok or YouTube or what that might be. Because a lot of us say, well, I don't have time to engage in prayer for a few minutes or engage through a Lectio 365 app to begin to learn how to pray through scriptures. But man, I've got several hours a day of just kind of binging on shorts or watching some YouTube videos. And so let's just be honest, where are you spending your time? And again, it gets back to that question. Are you purposefully, intentionally becoming who God wants you to become? Are you being passive in that regard? 
And where is that leading to you? Where is that leading you to? Who is that making you become down the road? 10 or 20 years, if you keep doing the practices that you do each and every day, who are you going to become and do you want to become that person? And so with that, is there something that you need to stop? Is there just something you all out need to stop? Maybe it's I need to be off that for a few weeks and just kind of decompress and get away from that so I can focus on more practices that matter. And then what's one thing after all that for processing? Where are you spending your time? Where is that leading? What's something you can stop right now? What is one thing that you can then begin to start doing and putting in these practices? And so we hope that this is a tool for you that's actually helpful in your journey with Jesus. We as a community define success around people that are taking steps and learning how to practice the way of Jesus. And so this will be a thing that will, one, help us all to grow as a community more into the image of who Jesus is, to become more healthy individuals in our city. And we believe that that brings redemption for our soul, but also will bring redemption to the city to help the city to become a better place. And so we want to do this as a community, as leadership within Pine Hills Church. We are, we are doing this with you. We're being a little bit more intentional that we're meeting with each other and making sure that we are doing this, that we're encouraging one another and kind of holding each other accountable a bit to make sure that we are doing this because we want to lead the way in that regard. We believe this is what Jesus is asking us to step into. And we're so excited about all the growth that we will see in 2024 as we continue to focus on the things that we value as a community. And one of those things is not only following Jesus, but daily being with Jesus, because this is us. This is what our community is all about. So we can't wait to see you in the con- in the continued conversation in the next podcast as we continue to go through what does it look like to become like Jesus and then to do the things that Jesus would have us to do as we do this. If you need any more information or need to pick up that tool, be sure to download the app or go to pinehillschurch.org. You can find all the other relevant information there. I hope to see you in the next episode. Have a great day. Bye. Mm-hmm.